Hello, welcome to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am the Preacher Chick. I am Stacy. And after a couple of weeks of reading the Bible every day together and building that um, routine and getting into that rhythm, I want to not neglect why I started this podcast. Um, I started it to be a place where faith and community and family can be built and extended and um, where we can make connections, um, all while talking about faith, family, and community. And so while we're going to keep reading the Bible together through the year, there will be um, regular podcast episodes. And so today is going to be one of those. I don't have a guest today, but I have several things. I really felt impressed in December as I was praying about what to do with the podcast and and what I wanted it to be like. Um, I felt impressed to do the Bible reading every day, but for the last couple of weeks, I've also felt very impressed to share with you, um, something that I shared with our church. I have now shared this message three other times. My church, um, I spoke for another congregation where this was what I believe the Lord led me to speak and the response um, confirm that. And then I shared this with a group of pastors where again, the response confirmed that it was what was needed to be shared. And, um, because of those things, I will be honest, I have kind of pushed off sharing it here on the podcast, but I can't escape it. Like if you know how the Holy spirit works, (laughs) um, well, as much as we can know, um, Sometimes he just doesn't let you stop thinking about something until you pay attention and you follow through on it. And that's where I really believe that this is landing today. So um, today's episode, I'm going to share my heart, my thoughts, what I believe the Lord would have his people to understand about the importance, the value, the need for Sabbath. I am one who truly believes that the kingdom of God is completely upside down and backwards from what the world says is correct or um, proper. Uh, that's why giving is giving more away is actually the best way to be a recipient and sacrificial living is really a win. Um, it's how the last are first, the first are last, and how the weak are used to confound the wise. And I believe if we live like this, it's easy to see that God works in some very different ways to accomplish his purposes, especially if you've been following along with us the last few weeks. Um, in reading the Bible together, we see that all through the book of Genesis. We see that all through the stories of God's people at the beginning, especially in uh, like Joseph's life. So um Today, I just want to share a little bit of of my heart and um, what I believe um, we can learn about our need for Sabbath, our need to rest. Um, I think it's important to understand that according to Jesus, the Sabbath is not primarily about prohibition. So it's not primarily about um, uh, not doing things, but about bringing life to humanity. Um, In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through uh, Mark 3, verse 6, it says, on the Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to make their way, picking some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? 
he said to them, have you never read what David and those who were with him did when he was in need and hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest, and also gave him some, gave some to his companions. Then he told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So then the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Immediately, the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they might kill him. Listen, it is important to understand from even what Jesus says here in this passage. The Sabbath is not a burden and we make it out to be so much of the time that the Sabbath is a burden. But in these two stories, Jesus had to deal with one of the quintessential complaints about his ministry, about not keeping the Sabbath laws. First, the Pharisees complain that the disciples are picking heads off the grain and eating them on the Sabbath. So Jesus reminds them of David's far more extreme, uh, quote unquote, violation of the Sabbath. And then you can read about that in second or in first Samuel 21, which we will in a second. But then he also gives them the key words of both stories. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This story of Samuel that Jesus, or the story of David found in Samuel that Jesus brings up says this. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 21. David went to the priest Ahimelech at Nob. Ahimelech was afraid to meet David. So he said to him, why are you alone and no one is with you? David answered the priest Ahimelech, the king gave me a mission, but he told me, don't let anyone know anything about the mission I'm sending you on or what I have ordered you to do. I have stationed my young men at a certain place. Now, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. The priest told him, there is no ordinary bread on hand. However, there is consecrated bread, but the young men may eat it only if they've kept themselves from women. David answered him, I swear that women are being kept from us as always when I go out to battle. The young men's bodies are consecrated even on an ordinary mission. So of course their bodies are consecrated today. So the priest gave him the consecrated bread for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from the presence of the Lord. When the bread was removed, it had been replaced with warm bread. Okay, so what I like about um, something Chuck Swindoll says is this. Chuck Swindoll says, God presents the Sabbath rest as a shelter we can enter. Can you picture that for a moment? It's almost like you've been out in the weather, out in the harsh uh, realities of the world, and you see this safe place that you can run into and be covered and be um, allowed to just kind of take a deep breath and relax. And that's what Sabbath is for us. Sabbath is a shelter that we can enter. And the Sabbath has existed since the beginning of creation, long before the law was given through Moses at Mount Sinai. The Sabbath is an institution. It is a discipline example by God himself for us to take part in as a way to be refreshed, as a way for us to rest and as a blessing to our soul. You see, the world combats this wonderful gift by creating even more busyness by saying things like, there's no rest for the weary or I'll sleep when I'm dead. 
I bet you've said at least one of those things at least one time in your life. But God is clearly saying that um, to those who will listen to this, that it doesn't have to be this way. God designed the Sabbath as a blessing to renew and refresh regularly an opportunity to have fellowship with him. It's so important to God that we, his creation, utilize the Sabbath, that he put it into the law. It already existed, but because it was so important to him, he put it in the law. He saw that we wouldn't make it a priority on our own. And so after setting the example of taking a rest himself, he made it a law not to be a burden, but so that it keeps a priority in our lives. In the second story, Jesus takes his point further when he gathers those who want to watch for further Sabbath violations. And he asks them the real purpose, what the real purpose of Sabbath is. Is it for life or is it against life? We know because he said so that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Jesus never canceled or eliminated the principle, although he did condemn its misuse. Jesus came and in essence rescued the Sabbath from Israel's misuse of it and called them back to the original intent and its truest nature. The Sabbath is a gift to us. It is not a burden. It is a place of solace. It is not stress. There's a book called Rhythms of Rest by Shelley Miller. And in it, she writes, God's creation is a life-giving inhale for all of us. And Sabbath is the exhale. Sabbath isn't about resting perfectly. It's about resting in the one who is perfect. <sighs> creation. I like, if you think about it like this, have you ever gone somewhere? Maybe you didn't even go anywhere. Maybe you looked out your, your living room window or your bedroom window one morning, or maybe you have gone somewhere where you look out at what you see around you and it literally makes you go, <sighs> Like it takes your breath away. I When I went to Guatemala, I saw panoramic views of that. I've seen sunsets and sunrises, um, the ocean. Uh, in my uh, small travels, I have yet to travel very far west. But when I see pictures of like the Grand Canyon, um, when, I see, when, I, when I see videos and pictures of whales and um, dolphins. It does that to me. It kind of just takes my breath away at the beauty that God creates. God's creation is the life-giving inhale, the one that makes you go, oh, but Sabbath is the exhale. Think about it like that. Here's the problem. One of the most common greetings we hear when we're running into someone, think about this. You've probably do this. Or maybe it's um, as we pass one another in the store, at, even at church, maybe, or whatever, is we commonly will say, hey, how's it going? And I believe one of the most common responses is, oh, pretty busy. Or we say, good, because we don't really think anyone cares. We don't want to get into what's really going on. The point is that even in our greetings, we are implying the go, go, go of our world. The problem is that there is always busyness. I read that there's an old Pennsylvania Dutch saying, it says, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. Now, that may make you giggle, but there's truth there. Being busy happens, but it doesn't have to be the rhythm in which we live our lives. 
Eugene Peterson, who passed away not long ago and is the author of many books. And he wrote the commentary, um, the message Bible that many use. He says this, he says, busyness is an illness of the spirit. And I think God would say the same because he built in a provision that is a mandate, a command to protect us from the busyness of life. Look at Deuteronomy chapter five, verses 12 through 15. Be careful to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your ox or donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien who lives within your city gates so that your male and female slaves may rest as you do. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Okay, so the Greeks have two words for time. One of those is chronos, from which we get our words chronology, chronicle, chronic. This is the meaning of time that we have when we say time marches on. Chronos was a minor god in the Greek pantheon. He was a nasty deity. He was a glutton and he was a cannibal who gorged himself. Listen to this. He gorged himself on his own children. He was always consuming. He was never satisfied. Now, the other word for time is kairos. This is time. This is time that is a gift. It's an opportunity, a season. Um, I read that it is time pregnant for purpose. In kairos time, you don't ask what time is it. You ask, what is time for? My question is, which time do you live in? Do you live in the Kronos that keeps marching on, that devours its young and anything in its path? Or the Kairos time that savors every moment? Sabbath teaches us to live in the Kairos. The cure for busyness is Sabbath rest. Stop living in the chaotic Kronos, friends. And step into the kairos and take care of your soul. Sabbath is a gift that we are commanded to receive. And even if we refuse to rest, I believe God will at times make it unavoidable. Look back at the spring of 2020 when everything shut down. Now, do I believe God has necessarily caused COVID-19? That's not what I'm saying. But He, I believe he used the opportunity to make his people slow down and rest. How many times do you know of somebody who just goes, 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 they never allow their body to rest. And then what happens? They get sick. They end up in the hospital. In Psalm 23, we read that he makes us lie down in green pastures. Friends, sometimes God will just make us take a nap. I believe that. This past year, I finished the book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in it, John Mark writes, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. That is a harsh reminder. It actually causes me to be emotional. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. Keeping the Sabbath Taking a Sabbath, receiving the Sabbath is actually pretty simple in concept, but it's definitely not easy to put into practice. And let me emphasize practice here. We are not going to get it right all the time. We're not looking for perfection. 
we're practicing the principle of rest. There is a spiritual benefit of Sabbath that applies to us today. Taking a Sabbath is a show of faith that we believe God is in control and that we trust him and that we make his ways a priority over our own. So show your faith. Take a Sabbath regularly. Do you know what you'll find? The world carried on without you anyway. Why? Because um, newsflash friends, it's not all about you. You're not the one in control. God is in control. What you left on your desk the day before your Sabbath will be there the day after. It's okay. Taking a Sabbath is also a sign of devotion to God's covenant. The Sabbath was a way for that the Israelites showed that they were God's people. They took the last day of the week, sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, and practiced the Sabbath. Today, modern believers use the first day of the week, Sunday, as our Sabbath. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead on Sunday. And to be honest, though, I don't think God cares when you Sabbath, only that you do. I mean, as a pastor, I can't Sabbath on Sunday. It is not possible. There is no way for me to Sabbath on Sunday. So I typically Sabbath on Friday or Saturday. Um, remember, Jesus said it. We weren't created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for us. This is not about legalism. The whole purpose is to allow yourself to be refreshed. I love the idea that if you work with your hands, Sabbath your hands. If you work with your mind, Sabbath your mind. In other words, does the majority of your work require you to have your mind fully engaged, studying, reading, planning, and so on? Then give your brain a break. Does your work require your body to be engaged in some sort of labor activity? Then give your body a break. I like to clean, cross-stitch, go for walks, watch movies, talk with friends, and so on on my Sabbath. But when I worked in a daycare setting, my Sabbath was that I loved to read. As you plan to Sabbath, and friends, yes, I think it's that important that you plan to Sabbath, that you are intentional to prioritize it, to think about how you can make sure some things are taken care of so that you don't have to worry about them. You know, like maybe, you know, the uh, the days leading up to your Sabbath, you make sure you take time to do your laundry or to meal prep or um to go to the grocery store or to clean. Maybe that's, you know, your Sabbath is you are going to sit and do nothing. Hallelujah. Good for you. Um, so do those things. Um, get those things prepared so that you can take the fullness of the Sabbath and you don't have to worry about those things. The goal is that you set time aside to rest. Don't be legalistic about it. Practice over perfect. I think we become so focused on the what of God's call that we often forget the why, the ultimate things that God is concerned with. The purpose of Sabbath, the purpose of rest is not to hinder life, but it is to support life. God calls us to that rest because he knows we need it. And rest is not just about relaxing. That's a part of it. But rest is actively taking part in higher things, more important things, through serving our neighbors, seeking after their good, spending time with the Lord. It may seem weird to the outside world, but it is that very care that the world needs. I pray that you 
would find a way to implement Sabbath into your life, into your rhythm and your routine, that you would not think so highly of yourself, that you just can't take a Sabbath because what's going to happen? Relax. It truly is a sign of faith that you believe God's got it all under control. Live according to his principles, and he's going to take care of all of the other things. Put the Sabbath to work for you. You were not created for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for you. Begin practicing it and watch the fruitfulness of it come alive in your life.